This is Craig Williams, founder of Journey 12 and the publisher of Ottawa's Visions 141 magazine. You know, through the school and community engagement work I do here at Journey 12, I have an opportunity to witness up close the impact of high quality public education. Every day I hear it in the interviews I conduct with students, alumni, and community members. I hear it in the stories they tell. You know, I've spoken with hundreds of students, all with unique stories. But the one thing they all have in common is that special teacher, coach, administrator, or counselor who reached them in such a way that created a watershed moment for them that they will never forget. Today, I have the privilege of speaking with Rosie Walker, a professional educator who has been making those kinds of differences in the lives of individuals for nearly a quarter of a century, in two separate shifts. <laughs> she has taught at the middle school level and now helps to prepare first graders for what lies beyond. Let's jump in and meet Rosie. So I'm really excited to sit down this afternoon with Rosie Walker, who teaches first grade at McKinley uh, within the Ottawa Elementary School District, and just learn a little bit more about you. Rosie, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So we were just chatting a bit off mic, and, and you've been teaching um, really collectively for, for 12, almost 13 years, but you had a little break in there. Talk to me about your journey and tell me how that worked out. I did. So out of college, I taught sixth grade at McKinley when it used to be K through six here. Um, then I had my son. So I stayed home with my children. Um, but during that time, I was still very connected to the schools. I tutored when my kids were little. Um, so I had students coming to my home. And then once my kids went to school, I subbed and did a lot of long-term maternity leaves and such. And then when my youngest went to high school, I was lucky enough to get hired back. So now I'm seven years in first grade. Wow. So you've had quite a journey. Suffice it to say, you have gathered up a bit of experience around the entire education process um, from stem to stern, not only from your experience at McKinley the first go around, but through raising your son and, you know, mm -hmm. being mom and teacher and tutor and sub and all the things that you did in that in that middle time. Um, and now you're teaching first grade. I, I have a first grader, as I shared with you off mic myself, and I think it's a remarkable age. Um, do a little compare and contrast for me. What's it like moving from being in the role of a sixth grade teacher to the role of a first grade teacher? <laughs> sure. Well, and first of all, I have to say I have a daughter, too, just in case she listens. So we don't just say my son. <laughs> my son was first. And then <laughs> excellent point. Daughter, excellent so point. Got to get her in there. Get um, them all in there. <laughs> Anyway, I think um, for me, it worked out really well because when I first grade, you know, I came back to my kids were older. Um, so I, you know, did the sixth grade before having children and then came to first grade after having my own kids go through that stage. So both sta I, I liked teaching both grades very much. Um, but I have to say first grade is now I feel like this is where I was meant to be just the little kids. I like little kid problems for one. We don't have as much of the drama. Um, right. So I, I do like that. <laughs> and it's just they're happy and excited to be at school. Everything for sure. they're learning for the first time. They're so excited. Yeah. I don't get the we already did that last year or yeah. two years ago or you know. So it so it's a, it's fun. 
Well, this is a big year for them. I mean, this is a year where many of them are, are really digging into reading, and and that's a huge lever throughout our lives. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they're they're choosing. They're making independent choices on things. They're learning how to be good friends, and you you get to be a part of that. How does that make you feel? It's exciting, and that those are my two goals. You need to be happy at school, enjoy coming to school, and enjoy books. If they leave first grade and they like to read and they want to come to school, then my work is done. <laughs> Absolutely. And you now have you have been an educator for a long enough period of time to where I suspect you see some of your former students out in the community, maybe at Walmart, wherever. What's that like when you run into them years later and they remember you and say, Miss Walker, Miss Walker, you know, how's that feel? It is it's fun. It's fun. I actually have students in first grade that I taught their parents in sixth grade. Oh, wow. So that kind of makes me feel old, but it's okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but it, it is, it's fun to see first graders um, n- now when you see them in the store because they're so excited to see your te- their teacher. You know, when they're older, they're not as excited, but it's still fun to see what jobs they have and where they are and what they're doing. It's always fun. I talk to educators from time to time, as you might imagine, and um, I love it when they share the stories with me of, of the, the young person who comes up to them and is enthusiastic and is saying hello and do you remember me? And, and, and the teacher says, you know, I'm staring at this 33-year-old man with a beard uh, with a small child. I have no idea who he was. I, last time I saw him, he was a second grader with a kickball on the playground. <laughs> <laughs> it is sometimes hard. And when they put you on the spot to remember their name, then I freeze. But mm-hmm. usually, mm-hmm. usually I can remember their name. Rosie, are you a, an Ottawa native? Um, pretty much. I grew up in Grand Ridge, just a little yeah. bit south of here. Um, but I went to Ottawa High School. So, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's native enough for us. So, how, what inspired you to become a teacher? What, what led you down that journey in the, first, in the first place? I just always knew I was going to become a teacher. I, my family, they were teachers or farmers. Um, I like the farm life, but... That wasn't where I was going. <laughs> um, I just I used to play school when I w- was at home. I just always wanted to be a teacher. Do you remember a moment in your own education when you were younger, maybe first grade yourself or third or fifth, when there was a particular teacher that you know really reached you or, or saw you in a way that made you feel special and maybe even made you want to be a teacher yourself? Um, I would say I enjoyed school all the way through and enjoyed my teachers all the way through. Um, I don't know that I really could say one in particular. I mean, I always, I liked my first grade teacher very well. Um, Rosemary Ahern was her name and fourth grade was probably one of my favorite years. And that was with, uh, Mr. Rich Myers. So yeah, those are, those are, episodes. Those are pivotal moments, aren't they? You know, we have, and you mentioned two years that I think in many respects are among the most pivotal, right? I mean, these are, as you said, you know, initially, um, first grade is a, you know, is a year of a lot of firsts, you know, we're not repeating a lot of things. We're not getting that cynicism that maybe we get by the time they're in sixth or seventh grade. Um, And and they're about as unabashed and honest and open as it it gets, aren't they? And then fourth grade, in fourth grade, you know, you're beginning to make this interesting transition, you know, you're, 
um, you're, you're mature. You're physically, you're maturing. You're emotionally. You got all kinds of maelstrom events going on <laughs> in your mind and your life, uh, and then and then on on it goes. But what you're what you're doing, I think, as an educator, is so important. And I, I always ask the question, you know, what can the community do to to support what it is that you're doing inside of the school, outside of the school? Because it's a partnership, right? Sure. I would just say, you know, communicating with each other as far as the, I guess you're not really asking me parents, you know, that have kids in school. I think that's the biggest thing is to communicate with each other. But the community in general, I would just say be supportive and be aware of what's going on in the school and how you might be able to help or donate things. Yeah, absolutely. There, there is a lot of generosity in the community that uh, that I know exists, and you undoubtedly know it exists. Being part absolutely. of that community, um, I think that people do want to want to help where they can, and maybe as you say, it's a combination of of communication, um, both inbound and outbound. You know, if if the community uh, had a better sense as to what it is that we need in our schools and how they might be able to help, maybe we have a little better chance at getting some of that kind of engagement. Um, and by the same token, you know, it's important for us as educators and the folks inside of the buildings to know, well, what's on your mind, you know, community? How can we help reach your student or, you know, your children more effectively? Sure. Yeah. Sure. So when you went away to college to, to become a teacher, um, where did you go? Tell us about that. So I went two years to IVCC, our community college, and then two years to Illinois State. Okay, great. Down in Bloomington? Yes. Yeah. Well, is it Bloomington or is it normal? I always get confused. Well, technically, I assume it's normal, but everyone calls it Bloomington. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the bigger of the two, so it's close enough. It's it's somewhere <laughs> a little further south and a little further west. I know that much, so <laughs> and that is what it is. So there's a, a, lot of, um, uh, a lot of aspects to your district that are unique. You know, you uh, at McKinley serve, uh, you know, mostly families on that the south side of, of the community. And mm-hmm. then, you know, there are, uh, of course, there are other schools, Lincoln, Jefferson, on the other side of the river. And it, then you've got this beautiful um, school, Central, is just a beautiful school. And and then you've got Shepherd. So you've got this array of, of, of student populations that makes for a lot of wonderfully rich resources and, and textural opportunities. And you work with your peers and your colleagues. Can you throw a little sunshine at that for me, if you would? Share with me you know, some of the things that you, you find most uh, appealing and, and, and most wonderful about your district colleagues. <laughs> um, I would say I just really enjoy working in Ottawa Elementary. You know, I work about four blocks from my home, so that's a good thing. I know good things are happening all over the district. You know, my own kids went through Ottawa Elementary and been a few years ago, but yeah, lots of good things in our district. Sure, for sure. And I presume, were they at McKinley? They were. They were, yeah. So tell me a little bit about some of the um, some of the specialists that you have in the building there that that your kids so, get to share with you. Yes, so we have music and PE and art, uh, STEM. Then we have other specialists as far as reading specialists and math interventionists. So we have lots of good people that. Get to see the kids. You know, I'm not sure. I probably should know this, but does does uh, the district have a gifted program? 
not at our level, or they may, I'm trying, I was trying to think if they do at the older level, not at our level. I mean, we do a lot of things within the classroom to try to meet those needs. Um, definitely. It's something that we talk about, um, but not at our level. Well, that's certainly something I can I can probably dig into a little deeper. I should know that by now, honestly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, we were talking about community a little earlier, and you're you're a teacher, and you're focused on the area that you know. I think the community probably would want you to be focused on, which is you know um, helping to steward their children through this phase of of life to which they won't return. This is where they are now, but next year they'll be in second grade, and and pretty soon before you know it, they'll be uh, they'll be in high school, and you know. Um, on out into the world. So when you think about that, I almost, well, it is, it's a responsibility, you know, that falls to you and to your colleagues. You know, you really are shepherding these students through this moment in time. And, and I've always wondered, you know, how does that feel to be a teacher with that kind of responsibility? What does that feel like knowing that this is it for them? This is, this is their first grade opportunity. They don't get to, they don't typically do this over. What's that like? Yeah. Well, stressful because I want it to be positive for them and I want to take them from where they are and get them as far as I can. Um, you know, that's all our goals for every teacher. And I would say, yeah, it is stressful. It's exciting when it goes well, but it doesn't always go well. So, <laughs> Right, right. You know, the first time, your the first part of your career happened um, – well, I mean, it happened before the Great Recession. It, it happened, you know, in the in the aughts, you know, the two thousands and somethings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our our country and our world is, it was at a different place then than it is now. How, how do you see education having changed over that span of time? Since you experienced both, you probably have some perspective on that. <laughs> yes, I would say one thing I notice is just, you know, we, we push kids to learn as much as they can, of course. But I would say, you know, when I taught sixth grade several years ago, and, you know, what they're teaching them now is more advanced than what I was teaching them at that point. We've kind of pushed kids a little more. Do you think that's especially so in, in sort of the STEM fields, or, or do you think that's an overall thing? I think it's an overall thing, but I think that the things we're doing in STEM are so much more exciting and engaging now than what we knew back then, just because technology, obviously, is it, has changed a lot. Yeah, I was working with a, a small district downstate that's uh, that, that got some uh, 3D printers uh, through a grant with a wind farm that's located not far from their district. And with those 3D printers, they're printing out Aztec and villages and, uh, and, and Chinese dragons to teach, you know, cultural pieces about the Aztec Indians the, and also about, um, you know, Lunar New Year and you know, Chinese New Year traditions, things like that through the dragons that they print out. It's fascinating how they're using technology to teach what, what is traditionally, you know, humanities programming. So yeah, that that's pretty clever. Thing. Yeah. Are there any things that, that, you know, that you're particularly proud of that uh, either you're doing in your classroom or, or in the building that um, you can maybe brag on for us a little bit? In this. Um, well, lots. <clears throat> I, I mean, I think McKinley School is awesome. I'm obviously, since I've been here for a while, my kids went through here. I'm pretty proud of it. Um, I think McKinley is just a very kid-friendly, family-friendly school. So, uh, oh, 
there's just lots of things going on around here. And my mind is blank, of course, when you ask well, me that's that. Okay. But... <laughs> that's okay. But when you think about McKinley as this, this place, and it is, it's a wonderful place. And in some respects, it feels like the prototypical elementary, the prototypical American elementary school. It feels idyllic. It feels nurturing. It feels safe. It feels, you know, um, very involved, you know, from the standpoint of parents, families, uh, teachers. What are some of the strengths that you see about it? Can you sort of, you know, feed some of that back to me that you see as its greatest strengths? Um, I, I think we're very lucky with our families. We, When you said families involved, definitely our families, our PTO is really strong. Um, I think that's something for me that's fun to, you know, see the kids interacting with their families and their families able to come in. I like to have parent volunteers come in and help us in the classroom. Um, and I think McKinley teachers working together, we work together really well. There's a lot of communication between us, um, passing ideas, um, you know, just de-stressing at the end of the day. We just all, all get along really well. And that's, um, you know, coming to work is a happy place to be. So that's always good. <laughs> Super important. It's it's sort of the oxygen mask theory, isn't it? You know, when you're traveling on an airplane, you know, the, the flight attendant always tells us, hey, put your mask on first before you put mm-hmm. your child's mask on. Because if we're not whole, then we're not going to be able to make them whole. Yeah, so yeah. having happy teachers is important, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. I teach with some of the best, for sure. Yeah, undoubtedly. Well, I just think you have a remarkable school community, and there's so many positive things happening there. And, you know, you have such a wonderful opportunity as as a first-grade teacher to be able to see the progress that these young people make over the next several years. They're going to always come back to you, and it's it's going to be a special moment for them uh, to be able to, to see, you know, for, for them to see you see them succeeding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. Kids love to do that, don't they? Mm-hmm. You mentioned PTO. Let me take it a slightly different direction and ask you about parent-teacher conferences. What what sorts of scheduled? Uh, how do you handle those? And what does that look like in in twenty twenty three for you? So we have in November when we do our parent-teacher conferences where every teacher in every school does them at that time, um, but that is like just our official one. Um, I know at McKinley, we definitely try to keep our parents um, in the loop and know what's going on, good and bad. Um, so I often am talking to parents, and like I said, I know many of the teachers are. Whether they come in or we do it over the phone or it's nice, you know, now we have a lot of different messaging we can do. Um, for first grade, we use a seesaw is how we message each other back and forth, but emails. Um, yeah, keeping parents in the loop of what's happening in the classroom and understanding if there's things happening at home that are affecting the classroom. All that is very important. You know, that's something I hear from a lot of educators is the importance of, uh, of relationship. You know, and not just the relationship with the, with the student, the child, but also the relationship with you know, with her family and you know, how, how we're connected there. Uh, why is that so important? And how do you establish as a teacher, how do you establish those relationships? Well, again, just, I just try to communicate. And I mean, I know I'm sure I can, could do better at it. I try um, to 
contact parents as often as I can. Um, I just think it, it it's huge because when the child knows that we're talking and we're wanting the same things for them, it just helps them to achieve even more. Huge. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to do much without it, isn't it? It's almost mm-hmm. as if, you know, it's, it's almost without it. It's like trying to to paddle without an oar. You know, you, mm-hmm. you just how can you do that? Because trust, I think, is such an important piece in in that um, series of transactions that occurs between a teacher and a student. And if we don't have a relationship, it's difficult for a student mm-hmm. to, to exhibit trust, right? Sure, sure. Well, and in first grade, I mean, parents obviously the child's not really going to go home and do their homework all by themselves or get you know things mm-hmm. brought back and forth to school it has to be parents looking through their folders and I try to be consistent with a newsletter on Friday so that they know on Friday to look for that um, and again technology we email it too but yeah. um, you know if the parents not knowing what's happening in the classroom there's no way that they can support their child to get their homework done and establish those routines for homework yeah. that hopefully start now and help them through their years. Yeah, for sure. You know, Rosie, you you had said earlier that you knew you wanted to be a teacher and you knew you were going to go do that. Um, If you had the opportunity today to go back and speak with the younger version of Rosie, perhaps the sophomore or the freshman here, Rosie, and just give her pearls of wisdom based on all <laughs> the knowledge of life that you have now accrued. What sort of guidance would you give that younger version of yourself? Oh, goodness. Well, I'd probably tell her to exercise more when she was younger so she could keep <laughs> the body she had back then. But um, as far as I think it's interesting for me in the journey that I've been on that I kind of did choose this twice, you know, because. I, you know, came out of college and chose teaching, and then I could have done something else after I was home for those years, but I did choose to come back because this is where I want to be. So I don't know if I would do things differently. I'm pretty um, happy with the journey that I had. I'm happy that I was home those years with my own children. I think that helps me keep from burning out a little bit because I wasn't here all those years. Um, yeah, because so. it's exhausting as a career. It can be an exhausting day, can't it? It's exhausting. It yeah. is exhausting. But I love the way you framed that. You said, I, I've chosen this twice. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to love something to choose it twice. I mean, you know, you don't go back in for the cookies and cream the second time <laughs> if you didn't like it the first time. Right, So. right. No, I do. Teaching's a good gig. I do enjoy it. I, I laugh with my coworkers when the days are hard. I'm like, yeah, I chose this twice. And I kind of, it's been a joke for us sometimes, but it is true. And I'm happy I did it. I'm happy to be here. I think it's great. I know you have to go, but I wanted to ask you one final question and then we can, we can dismiss. Um, these kids of Ottawa, what, what is your greatest hope for these young people that you're working with right now? My greatest hope for them is just to be happy. Find something to do and be happy. Success is measured in a lot of different ways. So happiness, that's what I wish for them. I think that's as good a wish as you can get. That's wonderful. Hey, thank you so much for doing this. Rosie Walker, first grade teacher extraordinaire at McKinley. Um, We'll look forward to talking again soon. Hopefully we'll see you in the buildings when we're up there with the camera next time. (laughs) Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, Rosie. 
You know, as the father of a first grader myself, I have a profound appreciation for the work Rosie Walker does every day. Brick by brick and day by day, Rosie is helping her students lay important foundations in math, reading, communications, kindness, empathy, and so much more. In our discussion, Rosie clearly came across as someone who has an intellectual understanding of the impact she and her colleagues at McKinley have on these kids. But what she may not fully appreciate for several more years is that it is they who will recognize her with great pride and visceral appreciation on that chance encounter in Walmart 20 years from now. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today and that you'll subscribe so that you won't miss a single episode in the future. Again, I'm Craig Williams with Journey 12 for the Visions 141 podcast. And as always, it is my honor to help share some of the important stories behind your community's next generation, today's students. Listen, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay engaged in your own remarkable journey. And if you're able, help someone else along with theirs as well.